0: There we go. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see each and every one of your faces here today, and I'm so glad to have you with us. If you are a visitor here for the first time at Center Point Church, Kent Allen, or you are a returning guest, we want to say again, um, thank you for coming. Good morning. We're glad to see you. We're glad that you're here and that we hope you have an amazing um, Sunday, amazing worship experience with us, with us, and that God continues to just bless you and lead you and guide you. Um, we're going to pray real quick, and then we're going to get into our message for today. So let's pray. Um, Dear God, we thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you, Father, for um, who you are and what you've done. I ask God that you would take these next few moments, that you would use them for your goodness and for your glory, that you, Father, would uh, sanctify them, and that, Father, you would have us to grow in uh, the perfect will and the perfect peace of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going to do something different today. Um, We've kind of, have you ever had plans for the day? Like you got plans, you're going somewhere, and then all of a sudden something comes up and it derails all of your plans. You guys been there before in life? Never? (laughs) No, never. This is one of those derailing moments. So instead of us continuing the series that we've been doing here, which is uh, Nehemiah, we should be doing chapter uh, 7 and talking about that, we're going to take a quick hard turn today. Um, I had an opportunity to speak at Island Alliance on Friday. We had a worship service there. It was an amazing worship service and an opportunity to share um, the message there. And for some reason, uh, that message keeps resonating in my heart. And so we're going to take a quick U-turn, or quick turn away from that, and we're going to share what God has for us today. And if you're not okay with that, you're already here, so I'm sorry. Here's what we're going to do. If you have your Bibles and your apps, nothing's on the screen because... The tech people weren't ready for me to switch up the message. This is a God thing. So if you have your Bibles or your apps or whatever it is, turn to the book of John, the fourth chapter. And everyone's scared because they're like, oh, Lord, what is the Bible? What is an app? Yes, use your phone or your Bibles, John, the fourth chapter. I'm going to kind of give us some background while you're flipping through John, the fourth chapter, getting to John, the fourth chapter. What's happening is that Jesus has, uh, he's getting to this well and he runs into this woman at the well. And they are starting to have a dialogue and a conversation. And their conversation is about worship. Um, their conversation about um, worship and where should they spend their time and where should they worship at. And so they're having this conversation. And she gets to the point where she's saying to Jesus, You know, you guys, you Jews, he's a Samaritan. She said, You Jewish people, you guys, you guys worship over there in Jerusalem. We kind of worship over here at the well where we kind of have our ancestors that started this great spiritual movement here. And so where should we worship at? Should we worship at Jerusalem or should we worship at the well? She's asking all these questions about uh, religion and those kind of things. And Jesus starts this conversation about true, rel- true worship. And I want to share with you guys today this conversation that deals with true worship. Um, if you're not familiar not sure what worship is, worship is when you and I are getting in connection and contact and relationship with Jesus. And so he spends this conversation with true worship. Have you guys heard of the saying that has been said before um, over the last few years, what are those? Have you guys heard of that before? No, nobody. What are those? Right. So a few years ago, There was this meme that came out and this video that came out, and basically what happened was there was this kid that walked up to this other kid that didn't have on brand name shoes, and he went up with his video, and he said, what are those to make fun of the fact that he didn't have brand name shoes? And this thing took off for like a good year and a half where everybody would walk up to somebody and they look at your outfit and look at your clothes and they see your shoes and they say, what are those if those aren't brand new? They look at your t-shirt and they say, what are those if those aren't brand new? Some of us ladies, you know, you guys have your purses that say scoochie. It's not Gucci, but it says scoochie. And somebody would look at him like, oh, that looks like this. And they look again and say, ah, what are those? And so everybody would start saying, what are those? That was a big thing like two, three years ago. What are those? And the question that God begins to ask you and I is, what are those actions? What are those behaviors? What is that going on with your worship lifestyle? I want to share with you four points today from this passage of scripture John 4. We're going to read through 21 through 24. We're going to skip around a little bit in that passage of scripture where Jesus begins to ask a question that deals way more with just our lifestyle but the essence of who we are when it comes to considering ourselves or calling ourselves a Christian. He asks the question, what are those what is that lifestyle? What are you looking like? What's happening and what's going on? I want to share with you four points. Here's the first point I want to share with you. It's not about the location. You can write it down if you have it, whatever. It's not about the location. Jesus and this woman are arguing, should be worship at the well? Should be we worship in Jerusalem? And Jesus responds to her in verse 21. Jesus replies, believe me, dear woman, that the time has come when you will no longer, well, will no longer matter where you worship the Father, on this mountain or Jerusalem. He says to her, it's not about the location of where you worship God. It doesn't matter if you do it in the church or in a school. It doesn't matter if you're here at the well. It doesn't matter if you're here in Jerusalem. It's about your relationship as a person with God. Where you worship God is not about where you are geographically. It's about where you are spiritually in your heart. Are you guys with me? He says it's about what's in your heart, not where you are. He says the problem that some of us are having is that we can't go to church unless our favorite pastor is preaching that Sunday. Hello, We can't be involved in worship if our favorite worship singer isn't leading worship. And so if somebody's sitting in my seat on the third row from the corner, I am no longer involved in church because they're in my seat that doesn't have your name on it. It's tight already. He says location is what's throwing a lot of us off when it comes to worshiping God. He says he's not concerned about the location. When you are in connection with God, location and individual doesn't matter. It's about meeting God at that moment. And he says if you're worried about who's in your seat, if you're worried about if the church doesn't have a steeple and a cross on it, if you're worried about locationary issues, then you're not going to be in a position to really worship the Father. And he says I'm concerned about your worship, not your location. Oh, my church has a thousand people. Great. My church has 28 people who are struggling. Great. I think God would honor 28 people that actually love Him versus the thousand that are coming for the show. Oh, boy, it's going to be tight today. He's not concerned about the show or, 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 the, or the actions or, or the motions or, or all that beautiful stuff. He's not concerned about, what's that machine that just, you turn the thing on and it blows around, it's a little red guy and yellow. He's not concerned about that. He's concerned about the heart of the person. How do I know? Because the first thing he says is not about the location. Point number two, he says, it's not, he says who are you really worshiping? He says, who are you really worshiping? He says, but the time has come, verse 23, he says, but the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. He says, the time has come and the time is now when the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's break this down for a second. He says, are we really worshiping right now? He says, are you really worshiping right now? He says to us that there is spirit and there is truth. He says there is spirit and there is truth. He says that I can tell what you worship and how you worship by what you do. Let's see again for a second. He says, I can tell what you worship and who you worship by what you do because truth is 100% reality of what is happening. And he says, I can see who you are and what you believe in by how you live your life in the reality. And he says, I can tell who you worship and who you believe by what you do, and what you do tells me what you believe in, and what you believe in shows me by what you do. He says, what you do is evident to me by how you operate in your life. And so if you're truly worshiping God, it should be reflective in your everyday life, not just on your Sunday life. Man, amp, baby. He says it's not about Sunday when you come here and you smile and you shake hands and you give your offering. He says that's great, but what do you look like on the car ride home? What do you look like on your way to church? What do you look like on Monday morning at work? You can say hi and high-five and hug all the people you want on Sunday, but on Monday you can't parse your lips on the way to the elevator. Well, what's up with that? Are you a check-in Christian? I checked in for the Sunday. I checked in for the moment. He says, is your lifestyle reflective of who you worship? Because the evidence of who you worship is what you do. Nationals won. Yay! Some of y'all ain't have a hat till last week. It's true. (laughs) Some of y'all didn't have a hat or a jersey or some shoes. You didn't have any colors on till last week. We made it to the show, baby. Where was you two weeks ago? Bryce Harper, we lost him. I'm done now. Six months later, we in the gym, forget Bryce. Well, what happened? See, worship shouldn't be when you flip the switch on. Your reflection of who you believe in shouldn't be when you throw the garments on. It should be an everyday conversation of who you are. I'm a Denver Broncos fan. We suck. (laughs) I wasn't going to go there because I'm going to use me for an (laughs) example. but I pull up with my, with my little Bronco thing on the cover of my, of my back of my seat, and people say, man, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, too, and we're sorry. I'm a Bronco fan. You guys got Flacco. You guys got hoes. No, we're going to do great this year with Flacco. I ain't do nothing with Flacco. But I'm still a Bronco fan, good or bad. I'm not switching jerseys. This is my squad. And for some of us, true worship of who we love and who we serve is not reflective on a day-in and day-out basis. It's for the moment at church. It's for the Facebook post. It's for the like we post. It's for the conversations we share with people in women's group and in men's group. But at home, in our private, personal lives, we are a mess, and there is no Jesus reflected in that aspect of life because— there's an issue between worship and true worship. It's tough today. See, here's what happens. He says that the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in what? Truth. And he says that there's God's spirit and there's other spirits. All right, yeah, right? Because God in his essence is a spirit. He is the holy Spirit, he is the power that empowers us to move forward. And he says his spirit, and then there's other spirits. He says, I can recognize my spirit by what's inside of you. And the spirit will give me evidence of who you are by what you do. Mike, is quiet today, man. Just keep looking at me, bro. He says, I can bear evidence of who you are by what you do. Because your lifestyle is reflective of who you worship. Your conversation is reflective of who you worship. How you treat your husband and your wife and your children are reflective of who you worship. How you treat your wife is how you show who you worship. How you treat your husband is how you worship. How you treat your kids are how you worship. How you treat your pets is how you worship. wouldn't slap your wife around. But man, that dog yes. can get it. Because it's a reflection that somewhere inside of me, something's got to come out. Someone's got to get it. Is there any mercy? Is there any grace? Is there any love? Is there any kindness in this heart of mine? Is it reflective? And what it reflects, my actions reflect who I worship. He says, are we really worshiping? He's not concerned about this show On Sunday or on the parking lot or at church or in that moment, he's reflective of who you are by what you do. Point number three, he says to us that he is narrowing the view. He's narrowing the view. At the end of verse 23, he says, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. What way? He is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and truth, and the Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. In other words, he says, I'm tired of all of the mess. And he is now aggressively looking for people that will worship him, not just on Sunday or the public event, but in private. Are you a public Christian and a private Christian? Y'all with me? He says, I get that you do really good at saying stuff. I get that you know all 38 books of the Bible. There's actually more. But I'm glad you think that you know all 38 books of the Bible and you can quote it forward and backwards. I'm glad you have a scripture for every moment and every problem and every situation. Can you live out those scriptures that you quote so well? While you're over there saying, sinner and wretched person, do you have any grace in your heart to walk over and pray for the person that you feel is living a wretched or wicked life? Can you look at yourself and say, well, man— I have to have grace because they got some problems they need some grace in. They need some situations. They need God's grace. So even though I recognize that maybe their life isn't adding up to God, who am I? And instead of me pointing figures and getting on the phone and talking about what I heard, let me sit down and actually pray for you. Instead of me name dropping a name on the phone, let me sit down and say, listen, there's somebody I want you to pray with me about. Can we pray together? I'm not here to share any any issues, any problems, any names. Let's just pray for them. See, that's privately being a follower of God when you're worried, more concerned about their spirit than your information. Ooh, ooh, Ooh. And so God says, I'm not looking for any more Sunday saints. I'm looking for followers Monday through Monday. I'm looking for people that can faithfully walk out His ways that are consistent about loving and caring and watching over people, not just for the show or the high five or handshake. God says I am narrowing my view. I'm looking for people that can worship me in spirit and truth. I'm looking for people that can worship me in spirit and in truth. Here's point number four. It says no other way. John 4 verse 24 says, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He says, the people that honestly love me and care about me and are about me, they have no choice but to humble themselves to God's voice and his will. He says, those that love me have no choice but to struggle and wrestle with who I am and ultimately surrender to the God of the universe. Those who truly love me will recognize that they have messed up time and time again, and they will still say, I choose to follow you versus do it my own way. Those who honestly and sincerely love me with all of their heart and their passion will recognize regardless of how much I've gone astray, I have to come back because you are the God that is bigger than my desire, my want, my hunger, my issue, my ambition. You are so amazing. I have to come back to you. And not only do I have to come back, but I have to stay because you are better than anything else in this world. I want to worship you in my life. My Sunday. I want to worship you with my wife, but I don't like her and she doesn't like me. We had intense fellowship on Tuesday. What was it? Thursday? It's Thursday. Halloween. Thursday. Intense fellowship. Halloween. We had an issue some conversation. It was getting pretty ugly. It's getting pretty ugly outside as people came up for candy. And in the middle of us, this is how much, this watch this, Judah, this is how much, this is how much we were pretending to worship God. So, we're, we're going back and forth, and a car pulls up, and these kids come out, and we're going back and forth. He says, hold on. Hi, here's some candy. They got their candy, have a great—she well, held a conversation for like a minute and a half, and I was sitting there like, I can't wait till you get off my porch. <laughs> and as soon as they got in the car, what are you talking about? Back and forth, bam. Well, you do it this way. I am. I am and I is. Ah! <laughs> I walked to my car. I said, Tyler, you want to go to the grocery store with me, gas station? Where? We got to go somewhere. We had to go nowhere. I need to get out the house. Everybody was going to die. Got in the car, drove off to the gas station, some gas in my car, and half an argument was over dinner. <laughs> and so, I'm sitting there, and God is like, what you going to do, Brian? I said, I'm getting me something to eat. I ain't getting her nothing. Forget her. She got all that mouth. She can fix her own food. She can cook. It. She's a cook anyway. Cook all. Grand cooker. Was Mad. God I said, "You really not gonna ask your wife if she wants something to eat?" Nope, I'm not. Do you think it's wise to come back in the house with no? F-? Yep, I do. <laughs> Are you? Stop! I'm not doing it. And the gas finished pumping. I got in the car, I sat down. I said, "Tyler, you already ate. What I'm gonna eat? Do I want to go here, Wawa's, Wild and get one of them nasty sandwiches? Do I want to go down to the store, don't call my food in?" And Tyler, I don't know. Tyler, pick for me. I don't know. And finally, I said. about to get something to eat. You want something? No, I'm good. <laughs> good, I didn't want to ask you in the first place. Guess what happened? What? I went to go inside the house to deal with something real quick and in the seven minutes I was gone, they stole all the candy off our porch. <laughs> <It's a> little <laughs> Stole all my candy for everybody else. Not only did they steal the candy, they stole the bowls, too. They stole the bowls. <laughs> <laughs> steal my bowls and my candy, for real? Come on, man. All right, Tyler, we about to go. We about to go get my food. And I drove out of Wawa's, and I said, oh, my kids don't have any leftover candy. Put the car in reverse, backed the car up, went into Wawa's, spent $12.88 on candy bars for every kid in my house. And gummy bears for her because that's what she likes. (laughs) Came back home and said, here, this is for you. I got me some food. And our evening was able to move on. Do you worship God and love him enough that it's not just about being the good-looking dude on Sunday or the the wife that got it together on Sunday? Can you, in the middle of of, of horrible, rough, tough moments where you just want to be you, Can humble yourself to the God of the universe and say, my wife's more important, our marriage is more important than a sandwich or or, who made dinner. And so at the end of the day, I'm going to spend whatever I have to. I'm going to do whatever I have to. I'm going to humble myself because I want to look like Christ. Is there a point in life where you can worship God so much that you can say, I'm going to live out this worship regardless of it being Sunday. I just want to live out worship because I want to please God. I didn't tell you that story to make y'all laugh, but man, if, I, if I'm supposed to be the spiritual, spiritual mature dude and I'm fighting with God at a gas station, I get it. We all struggle with stuff. We all have issues, but I'd rather honor God in the 30 minutes from leaving home to the gas station to getting my food, to getting some candy, so that everybody can at least, we can just try to make this thing, make it a good day are you so more important than worshiping God? He says the true worshipers are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. So Judah, everybody left the house on, on yesterday. You don't know what that means, Judah, because you got little kids. You got little kids. When every kid is out of the house and your wife, I can turn on the game. I can watch whatever show I wanted. I can run around the house. Come here, dog. Let's play. Let's play. We just have fun. It was just me and the dog. It was great. I don't have too many days like that. It was just me and the dog. And I sat there, and I looked at it. I said, it's going to be time for me to get something to eat. I'm going to Rosie and the kids are coming home. I don't care. I'm a man by myself in the man cave. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm going to watch one more show. And as the show is coming to an end, I'm going to go ahead and get some food. And bam. And my wife came in, and she said, I made you a plate. Now, the conversation we had on Thursday basically was, don't ever look for food for me again. You sorry somebody. <laughs> that, was, that was Thursday's conversation. So I had already planned on, my, on, on today. I'm going to go ahead and get me some food. I'm have some more man food. Just came in with a plate of food. And you don't know how much that meant to me. But it's because you can take these moments and recognize that I'd rather be like Christ than be like me. It changes life. Rosie could have took that Thursday moment and said, I said what I said, and it's going to be that way until forever. You know how y'all ladies. <laughs> she could have did that. She came in with a plate. That was the nastiest uh meatballs oh, ever. I hope you uh, don't watch it, don't listen to it, because that was the nastiest meatballs ever. Everything else was good, but she told me these meatballs were going to be horrible. Horrible. <laughs> I don't even think it was meat. <laughs> It's just hot sauce. It's just hot sauce. But, like, that's the kind of relationship you should have to a point where it's not about me. I want it to be about Christ. That even in these real-life moments, Jesus is going to get the glory out of everything that I do. And when I mess up, like we were outside faking in front of the trick-or-treaters, you can still come back and say, I'm going to follow and worship God regardless. Here's the takeaway for today. The takeaway is this, simply worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Purpose in your heart that I want to reflect Christ, I want to walk like Christ, I want to be like Christ, I want to live like Christ, I want to think like Christ, and I want to show it off in every moment of truth that I can every moment of life that I can, every aspect of life that I can. I am not going to get it right every moment, but when I recognize that I have slipped, that I have fallen, that I have (laughs) gone into a full sprint in the other direction, that I will stop and start to bring myself back into a posture where I'm in constant relationship with him again. Because I want to worship him in spirit and in truth. I joked with the church on Friday. I got four kids, as y'all know, visitors. I got four kids, four, it's not four, it's four, four kids. And if any of you guys in the congregation ask me for $5, maybe I'll give it to you. If My kids ask me for $5. Well, that's you. (laughs) You ain't going to get it. My kids ask me for $5. I'm going to probably ask them, why? What do you need it for? Mm, I'll go get it for you. Maybe I'll give you $5, maybe. The difference is that because we are of the same connection, connective tissue, relationship, family, love, blood, that I am more inclined to give back to my family because they are reflective of me. You guys got that? And so God says I'm looking for the true worshipers Because the true worshipers that live out who I am in life, they are connected to me in such a way because it says says that you're going to have to worship me in spirit and truth and that the Father is spirit. And so there is a connection that when we are connected, that when you start living a lifestyle that's reflective of Christ, I have no choice but to bend my ear and my heart to the direction of those who are connected to me and living my life because I want to make sure that you're living the best life in your best and your worst moments. A father sometimes has to discipline us, but it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. A father has to correct us when we go astray, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us and still doesn't give us grace and the correction to get us back on track. And when we are doing what we shouldn't do, sometimes he still loves us because at the end of the day, you belong to him. And you recognize I don't deserve even when I'm wrong. And so, man, this God loves me so much. I need to get back on track because the love is so great. It has no choice but to get me back on track. And sometimes I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to. And he comes along and blesses me and loves me just because I'm doing what I'm supposed to. And sometimes along this path, life sucks. And the Father says, these moments happen, but I need you to learn who I am and what I am and what life is about with me. It may not be your best moment, but don't stop doing right because the world doesn't feel right around you. And he says, because of all of those things that happen, when you're connected to me, I am still connected to you. And I am still pushing you and loving you and humbling you and living with you and having you worship me so that we can grow together be better than the problems around us. He says, the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and truth, good or bad. You'll be faithful to who you are because I'm faithful to you. You're going to be better to that spouse, to that husband, to that wife, to that kid, to that job, to that thought process. You're going to be better because I'm better than anything else you could imagine. And I'm going to love you through the tough, the good, and the bad. Just live me out in what you do. My wife can talk about me all day long. Better not. You can talk about me all day long. But at the end of the day, she knows I love her. And I got her back. And there may be days I feel like X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, she got my back. Because the truth of reality is we live in such a synchronicity. Woo. But there you go. Look at that one. We live in such such harmony that we can work together in a way that God is honored by that. We can work in a way where we've got each other's back. We can work in such a way that God says, bam, I'm going to bless that. I want us to live a life. I hope that you desire to live a life where you can walk out God's ways in such a way that God says, "I want to honor that. I want to bless it i want to i want to encourage it. I want to increase it i want you i want to just look at you flourish. I hope that you live a life like that that you can only do it as we are consistent in our everyday dealings. You can only do it everyday dealings. True worship is a reflective lifestyle of the God that we claim we serve. I want to pray for us as the band comes up. (coughs) God, it's by your grace. It's by your grace that you love us. It's by your grace that you, Father, desire more from us. It's by your grace that you want things to work that we have deemed dead. It's by your grace that you desire to heal what is broken and what is hurt. It's by your grace, Father, that you give us another chance to experience you and to live and to do better for you. Father, would you pair us up with the right people? you pair us up with the right folks? Would you bring to us the people that will help change our lives? It will help encourage us to be the husbands, the wives, the men, the women, the children, the sons, the daughters. that will honor you. Let us have your best, Father, by giving you our best. to do something totally different today. <coughs> Marty, would you come up? John, would you come up? Rosie, would you come up? We're going to take an opportunity. <laughs> We're going to take an opportunity to pray for anybody that wants prayer while the band plays. Um, So if you want to come on up, would you please come up with us um, and pray with us? If there's anybody in this place that wants prayer as the band prays, we'll be here for you, to pray with you. You can be sure what we're praying about is for life growth and for God's change. Take this moment. Use it for God's glory. Please stand as the band plays.
1: i've got your love instead of pain it's freedom though you've captured me i've got joy instead of As you give me joy, down deep in my soul, deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. As you give me joy, down deep in my soul, deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. Captured me. I've got joy instead of mourning. There's beauty. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. It's freedom. It's freedom. Though you've captured me, we got joy. We got joy instead of mourning. Cause you give me joy Down deep in my soul Deep in my soul Down deep in my soul Cause you give me joy Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul soul. I've never been so free Caught in your love for me I'd never been more secure knowing Your high Lord I'd never been so free caught in Your love for me. I'd never been more secure knowing Your i never been so free. Never been so free caught in Your love for me. I'd never been more secure knowing Your high lord. I'd never been so free caught in Your love more secure, knowing you give me joy, down deep in my soul, deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Yes, you give me joy, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep, deep in my soul. never been, yes, I've never been so free. I know in your heart, door, I've never been so frequent in your love for me, I've never been my security. My soul, down deep in my soul, as you give me joy, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, you give me joy, down deep in my soul, deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, yes, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, yeah.